0: You're listening to a podcast hosted on The Podcast Matrix. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at whatisthepodcastmatrix.com.
1: When you hear the words, Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition, episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast, from Two Guys Talking Horror.
0: The warmth that a thick, trusted blanket delivers is indescribable. Just as that blanket delivers warmth, this episode's quilt delivers the opposite. Chilling death. The continuation of a story, especially in television, often feels bumpy, unsure, and inserted. But, thanks to an adept last time on Friday the 13th, the series recap, we're up to speed and firing on all horsepower as this episode streams through our collective gaze. It's time for the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and a complete educational detail of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 1, Episode 20,
2: The Quilt of Hathor, The Awakening.
0: The second part of a deadly episode where no one will sleep peacefully. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. A ton to talk about in this second recap episode of our very first two-parter, but first, some quick housekeeping. A call to the audience outright. We've received a lot of input from audience members, both good and positive, but we wanted to make sure that we put out a last push to the audience for, in general, feedback about our program for our all-fan input episode that we'll have at the end of the season. The bottom line is we want to know what you think. Let us know what you think by going over to our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the contact form and let us know what you think about any aspect of our program. The return of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We don't usually date our programs, but I have to tell you how excited I'm getting about Agents returning.
3: Yes, Agents Return, Summer 2019.
0: Very exciting. And I think the only piece that I think I'm more excited about is the arrival of the second part of Infinity War, which is just going to be all kinds of awesome. I just, I can't wait for it. And Nick and I are the hosts of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, which you can find and listen to back to back to back to back forever to get caught up so that you're ready for the next season of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast at agentsofshield.tv.
3: Now it's time for my favorite part of the episode, Mike. The retelling, this time. Friday the 13th, the series. Season 1, Episode 20. The
2: Quilts of Hathor. The Awakening.
0: It's the return to plain murderville. The home of fake beards, killer quilts, and actors who are way too over-the-top appropriately. Leader Grange is getting railed on, and everyone wants him to get married already. Old Lady Florence finds Ryan to tell him about their quilt, but she'll only give it to Grange? Huh? Ryan, now dressed in incredibly plain clothes, follows her to where the quilt is being held. Lady Florence retrieves the quilt, but oh my god, Effie hath found her. That's effing serious, and now it's time for Lady Florence to experience a bad dream while she's awake along with the accompanying self-eye-gouging death. Dun-dun-dun-dun! Ryan finds Florence. He screams for Effie as two men dressed in plain clothes arrive to remove Ryan from the lady's house. The penitite gossip hath begunneth. Witchcraft hath come to the newcomer, and now it's time for Ryan and leader Grange to speaketh. Grange thinks that Ryan hath murdered Elder Florence. While Ryan didn't kill Florence, he does confirm that the quilt is missing and has the power to kill. And guess what? Effie Stokes is the culprit. It's love. Love conjuring murderous outrage most foul. Grange sends Ryan away, has held him to secrecy, and dismisses him. As dinner that evening arrives, Grange prepares to announce whom he shall taketh as his next betrothed. It shall be... Sister Effie Stokes? (gasps) They were married this afternoon to foster colony stability? Well, now Ryan's bowels aren't stable. It's time for the first night of glorious wedding sleep and out comes the quilt. As sleep beginneth, Effie begins to have yet another renaissance-based dream state in which it's time to kill Grange and take over leadership of the colony. The two of them dance, and dance, in a circle they dance, Effie's lips wet with anticipation of a glorious killing. But what is this? As things spin terribly out of control, the dream changes, and now Grange is making his deadly move towards Effie's now broken spine. Now Effie is dead, and Grange has the ultimate power of the quilt. Grange begins loading out his now dead betrothed to the cottage basement woodpile. Away with thee! (laughs) To the cottage basement woodpile thee shall go. Meanwhile, back in a broken down rolls, Jack and Mickey are dead in the water on the side of the road as they discuss getting the quilt back and then also giving Ryan a proper send-off. As morning arrives, Grange finds Ryan to tell him that Effie has left and taken the quilt with her. She must have become suspicious. Darn, that's too bad. Inquisitor Holmes arrives to investigate the transgressions going on inside the colony. Grange escorts the Inquisitor to the Great Hall to convene his queries. There be much to answer for here.
3: Damneth, writeth.
0: <laughs> Ryan begins to tell Laura that her father probably killed Effie and took the quilt. Their first plain fight, and it's solely unremarkable. Meanwhile, back at the hall, Crazy Matthew shares details about the Outsider Ryan and his murderous arrival. But the Inquisitor has none of it! Now it's time for the Inquisitor to talk to Grange about a crimson and black Satan-laced quilt. Grange restates that the quilt was only misplaced and not really stolen as apparently was reported previously. Oh, okay, no problem.
3: Yes, well, the Inquisitor doth not believe thy bullshit.
0: <laughs> right. He does not protesteth either. Later that evening, Grange tellseth Ryan that it's time to shove offeth. One hour to pack and haul asseth. <laughs> Laura and Ryan have a tender, soft moment to talk about how when Ryan is gone, and Ryan offers that she leave the colony. It's a no-win scenario. But now it's time for a kiss. And in walks Crazy Matthew! Because that's what Crazy Matthew does. He, yep. walketh, he walketh inappropriately.
3: In. all the time.
0: All the time. Every single time. Crazy Matthew shares that the Inquisitor wants to speaketh to Ryan. And so Ryan headeth that wayeth. Only to find that the Inquisitor is apparently having a waking bad dream. A very pointed bad dream where he is apparently stabbing himself. To death! Alas, Grange has caught another nap, and yet another colony occupant is dead. The alarm bell rings out, and Grange arrives to review the pointy repose. Grange deduces that <gasps> Ryan hath killed the Inquisitor! Finally, the rolls, with Mickey and Jack appropriately, rolls in where trouble is clearly afooteth. They arrive in the Great Hall and ask Laura what's happened and <gasps> The angry mob is about to put Ryan on trial. Ryan's trial begins, and Jack and Mickey are unkindly escorted from the hall. It means they won't be a part of the trial, Mike. They will not be part of the trial, mostly because they have absolutely no perspective on what's going on. They're not part of the colony. They're not part of the community. The charge is murder. The questions are red hot. The discussions are one-sided, and the sentence
2: is death.
0: It's time to burn at the stake. Laura, frustrated, heads for her father's place and seeks out the quilt. Back at the pyre pile, Ryan is being tied up and prepped for grilling. The creepy singing beginneth. As Laura continues to look for the quilt, she steps outside and sees the cottage's woodshed door. Hmm, I wonder if there's something in there. Let's have her go check it out. The people of Judge Ryan, and now the sentence must be passed. Burn him. Burn the heretic. Light the fires. Laura arrives, and it is her father. She found the bloody blanket and the body of murdered Effie Stokes. Grange begins ridiculing his own daughter, and the crowd begins to turn. It's time to search the cottage woodshed and see the truth. Grange realizes that the jig is up and heads for the quilt. Grange prepares the quilt for the next round of death. Grange begins to take a nap and Ryan begins to fade into his final slumber, but as he falls to the ground, he's able to wrestle away the quilt from Grange. They struggle to and fro inside the grain feed mill and as Grange reaches a conveniently placed window, Grange is launched out of the window 40 plus feet and breaketh His backeth on an ill-placed cardeth. Thankfully, the quilt has been... Recovered! Laura and Ryan have another moment of caring. As Ryan arrives back at the Curious Goods Antique Shop, he finally is able to sit, rest, and dream of what might have been. Mickey tucks in Ryan, wishes him sweet dreams, which he won't have anytime soon. All kinds of things to talk about, good and bad, inside of this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. Let's get to the goods. The inclusion of another different villain. This is extraordinary because as much as you and I talked about and pranced about how Effie was instantly labeled the bad guy inside of the last episode, what we're given inside of this episode is a complete departure Almost instantaneously, from when we get inside
3: the episode, uh, within the first ten minutes of yeah. this episode, if not maybe a little bit sooner, the tide turns, big and- time, <laughs> <laughs> and big Effie time. is no longer our our big bad guy. We get uh, Reverend Grange. It's uh, it's an appropriate turn, I think. Oh yeah, and a welcome one. Uh, well, yes, now this was something completely different I wasn't even expecting no, this this was a neither. this was a nice surprise, and the thing is is that I understand I understand the the turn you know Grange wants control. We see that his will is stronger than Effie's because not only is he able to wrestle control in the dream, but he's actually able to wrestle control of the quilt while sleeping and moving from the bed to a chair. Mm-hmm. To get it out of her reach completely.
0: Yeah, the, the mechanics, there's two things inside of this that struck me, I think, also, in addition to changing out the villain. But they change out the villain, all of the power structures inserted, like you just said. But what's also introduced is kind of a, a, an alteration or an augment to the power of the quilt, i.e. someone can be walking down the hallway... And as long as you appropriate yourself appropriately with the quilt, you can strike them down right there. Right. As opposed to having to wait until they go to sleep in the evening or whatever.
3: And that was the thing that uh, I found confusing at first, mm-hmm. because you get uh, the other sister who who sees Effie with the quilt, mm-hmm. who informs Ryan, hey, the quilt. Florence. Florence, yep. Lady mm-hmm. Florence, old yep. old Lady Florence. Mm-hmm. So it was confusing that Effie was able to grab the quilt immediately take a nap, and then kill Lady Florence while she was still awake. But evidently, as we continue through the episode, we see that the quilt forces people to fall asleep. Yeah. Because... That's how they got rid of the Inquisitor, and that's how they almost got rid of Ryan. Yeah. Ryan we see Ryan struggling to stay awake mm-hmm. as he's climbing those stairs to grab the quilt away from Grange. Mm-hmm. At first, I was I was thrown for a loop because I'm like, well, this is a power that we didn't establish in the previous episode, and I was going to give it a ding. Mm-hmm. But because we explored it more in the episode, it made more sense. Yeah. So therefore, kudos to yeah. the writers for furthering the Powers of the quilt
0: yeah, and for slipping uh, grange out of the bed into a chair mm, yeah. that, that's a I don't know if somebody actually wrote that or if they go shouldn't he not be in the bed or something yeah, I, yeah. It, it was terribly appropriate and it was very well placed and helped to to foster along that the power is now augmented and not just it's not just the blanket it was good it was good the inquisitor. Inquisitor Holmes inside of this episode, though way, way too short, mm. was a wonderfully placed character, I think, all the way around. Yeah. I mean, everything from him just arriving as no-nonsense to taking the word of no one, really, right? And, and being able to understand that, again, while probably misplaced in general— the most important part of an Inquisitor-type figure is that they can step out from beyond all bounds or perspective mm-hmm. yeah. and give something that is the truth. And I think that we got what was supposed to be that while he was alive inside this episode. I really liked him.
3: Right, yeah, a very uh, very trust but verify type of a yeah. personality. I feel, like you, I feel very short in this episode. I would have enjoyed having the character around a little bit more. Yeah. I would have enjoyed seeing an exchange between the Inquisitor and Ryan and finding out that the Inquisitor maybe would have known about some sort of witchcraft going along, maybe even believing Ryan, and then then falling prey to the powers of the quilt and mm-hmm. and, and killing himself in his dream. Mm-hmm. If I was going to change anything, I, I, that might have been the thing I would have changed so that those two characters could have interacted. But even though that didn't happen, still great to have him. And... What a what a what a way to go. I mean not only does he kill himself by stabbing he stabs himself
0: twice yeah. to death. Yeah. And I think what I would have liked too is at some point during that struggle I wanted Ryan to be way more proximity. Mm. Not like maybe he tries to stab himself and Ryan's able to stop the first plunge. But then the second one, he's not, and because he's actually holding his hand, that's how he gets blood on him. And right. then somebody walks in, and you go, "What, what is this?" Well, instead, of, murder, yeah. murder in, most in, foul. In,
3: instead of the ridiculousness of Ryan pulling the murder weapon out of the body and getting himself covered with blood, that was a little ridiculous.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but it, the Inquisitor, wow, I really, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed him. Very well placed, just a bit short. None of our heroes find the solution. This was really good. I, I am always appreciative when any franchise can grab a character that's been introduced, this time over across a two-parter, no less. Yeah. And in this case, it's the daughter of Grange, Laura, that goes and does a bit of the sleuthing to find the solution. And, of course, the solution is the body and thereby bloody blanket of the now-murdered Effie Stokes that becomes the tide turner inside of the whole story at this point. Right. And that she's the one to deliver that rather than one of our intrepid heroes only being able to find the solutions inside of stuff, I thought was very well placed and a great a great feather in the cap for this episode.
3: Well when you think about it, it's the only way that this episode could really go. Because who's going to believe if if Jack got away and found a dead body, who's going to listen to Jack to go and see this dead body? Yeah. Who's going to listen to Mickey to see this dead body in you know the the cottage wood shed or whatever it's it's nobody's going to listen to an outsider yeah. so it had to be somebody from inside the community and of course Laura struggling uh, of course struggling not wanting to believe that her father is evil but it seems that her love for Ryan is stronger than her conviction to her father mm-hmm. so of course she does go searching and it does pay off there is a yay, bloody body woohoo And the people are more apt to listen to her than anybody else, really, because not only – it's the daughter. I mean, she's even saying, my father is evil. My father has done horrible things and this man is innocent. Of course these people are going to listen to her Mm -hmm. because she's not on a horse yelling, burn
0: him, burn him now. And I think maybe just a counter to that is that, well, of course they wouldn't listen to her because she's now smitten by the witchcraft-induced – Ryan. So, nah.
3: anyway, it was, it was we could have had Matthew, crazy Matthew, could have uh, <laughs> could have could have popped up and said, "No, don't listen to her. She's smitten." Yeah,
0: uh, that would that would have been very interesting. <laughs> when in doubt, insert crazy Matthew because the writers did every that's opportunity. right every time. <laughs> anyway, that's what we have for goods inside this episode. We're curious to know what you guys thought was good inside this episode, season one, episode twenty.
2: The Quills of Hathor: The Awakening.
0: Yeah, the second part here. Let us know what you think by going to our website, CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click the contact button, fill out the quick web form, and tell us what you thought.
3: We've taken a look at the goods, but in every episode of Friday the 13th, the series, there's always room for improvement. Let's take a look at the not-so-goods. Making Grange... The bad guy. Now, the reason why this is a talking point in the bads is because I don't feel like Grange was a compelling bad guy like Effie was. This guy's just trying to cover his ass. In my mind. That's all he's done. As soon as he he finds out Effie's responsible for all all his woes, it's, okay, I'm going to kill her, and then I'm going to kill the people that are trying to take me out of power. He gets... Mad with it, I mean, chewing the scenery mad with his quest for, ah, I will bring everything back to order. Unlike Effie, who just gives you that that, that stare that she's got with those glasses from a mile away that chills you to the bone, and you know, as soon as she grabs her quilt and takes a little nappy time, murder, murder most foul (laughs) is on.
0: I disagree. All right, tell me why. This is, uh, I think, the natural progression of his character appropriately. Inside the first episode, and we don't really get back to visit it. Maybe that's why it didn't come out so as clearly. Inside the first episode, there is clearly something going on with the financial bookkeeping of the colony.
3: Right, and I was waiting for that to come back in this episode, and we don't.
0: We don't. But that seems to me like it could have even been that maybe one of the many people that have now been killed— might have been killed by him because that person would have found out about the financials. I mean, what better way to make sure that the financial problems don't get disclosed if you're able to kill them? Now, we don't have any proof for anything of that, but I think the next general progression is that, one, obviously something's going on with the books. Two, he's obviously a controlling bastard. We already know that. Right. Three, he wants to stand out in the community and has to deal with the pressures of it's time to get married again. And so between there already being something off, clearly, between there being some very large ego problems, which there clearly are, there is now the insertion of potentially magic control over people to get what he wants. And he obviously takes the bait, whether that's a, a, a Satan-induced bait-taking or it's just the natural progression of his personality. I think it's terribly appropriate that he, he is the guy We've been talking about him over the course of two episodes now where he's way over the top and, you know, steaming pile of blah, blah, blah. And it's terribly appropriate. So the next ascension to what he's going to be doing would be to be the big bad.
3: And so I I think it's terribly appropriate. Well, well, I agree with you from the first episode. Yes, his over the topness actually worked because he was a man under a lot of stress. Let me let me pose something to you though. Here here's how I think a, a better progression of characters could have and should have gone for this episode. Grange is told the quote unquote truth by Ryan. Grange marries Effie, mm-hmm. and instead of that that struggle that very first night, the two of them become a duo villainy. Mm-hmm. Because we bring back the whole finances problem. Mm-hmm. So instead of Effie trying to kill him off so that she gains ultimate power in the in the group, it would be the two of them coming together and him saying, "Okay, I see what you've done. Your your love for me has caused you to get all of your your uh, opposition out of the way. And I respect that. So he uses her love for him to manipulate her to kill the people that would try to get in his way because he's messed up the financial stuff. Mm. To where now you have a united front of villainy and you make it a hell of a lot harder to split the two apart.
0: I I think that's terribly apropos the again the problem is that they've already laid the pipe of, well, yeah. and it, you can become the leader of the place even though you're female. right right so uh, I, I agree that would have definitely been a better right i just i don't think they ever had that
3: opportunity. he would have had to have given her the best night of her life
0: <laughs> apparently nobody has a best <laughs> night there ever no never if you don't sleep and you don't get murdered you surely don't get did you notice i didn't
3: even place. see any children <laughs> I never I, saw any children that, that, over the last two episodes. It doesn't
0: surprise me at all because nobody is nobody's having, sex having in any this place. sex whatsoever.
3: <laughs> the insertion of caring witness for inserted caring witness stars' sake. Wow, that's a great read, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: a great read of that sentence, and Oof. it's terribly appropriate. I'm really glad that you mentioned this because I I think I thought it, but I just. I I couldn't quite put it to words until you mentioned
3: it. Well, just like like a great duo, you you think about it and let things go. I don't <laughs> let things go, Mike. I don't let anything go.
0: <laughs> this is this is terribly appropriate because except for that they are listed as characters in the stream <laughs> of this series. Yeah. There is no reason at all to have any of the moments that we see Mickey and Jack inside of this episode, with the exception of someone needing to convey Ryan away after the episode's end. Right. That's it. If we never would have seen them, it really doesn't
3: make any difference at all. They they did nothing to (laughs) help Ryan, except for, like you said, at the very end, took him and the quilt home.
0: Yeah. That's it. And that's it. I would, I guess I was glad to see them. I th- it might even well, have been better just to, to not them see there. them. Yeah, but again, it's, especially because it's the, it's the second part of a two-parter, I wonder how it would have felt had we just not visited with them and were, were kind of stuck in, in Colonyville to talk about no sex, no love, no right. anything except for commanding Abe Lincoln. I think I actually detect that from the sentence that Jack delivers inside of this episode no. where he's made up his own mind. He's picked his own path. So maybe that maybe that's why we got that little piece of them being stuck inside the car, uh,
3: just for that line of dialogue.
0: J- just for that line of dialogue, because at least it's done. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I think it might have been better served had we not visited with them until it was time to get picked up.
3: True, but but the thing is, is that even when it is time to get picked up, Ryan has decided to go home mm. to continue the fight against evil in his own way to get yeah. all of these these cursed objects yeah what, what made him change his mind i'll tell besides you besides the him events change. i mean well,
0: no sex no no possibility could have of sex any sex he, at all. The,
3: him, and laura, horse, no, no, him horse, and laura no no him and laura could have had sex had they gotten married if he stuck around they could have had married and they'd be the first people to have sex in that colony ever <laughs> but that didn't happen There is no love between Ryan and Laura.
0: Something that struck me inside of this first yeah. part. It's something that I mentioned specifically inside of our the first part of this two-parter. Was I, I, and it might it have just been that I, too, was also smitten for Laura in the first episode. But in the first episode, there felt like there was some caring and some sort of chemistry set... Interactivity uh-huh. right. workings, yeah. and inside of this one, I got almost none of that. Regardless of how caring, regardless of how close they were, regardless of almost kissing, all of that I, I I didn't get any flavor of yeah. that inside this episode. In fact, I think what I got inside this episode was the whole reason why there is no sex being had inside the colony because yeah. of that flavor. Just nothing.
3: I think what onion happened powder is what I got in the in the writers' room. I think they said, okay, we've already established. That they like each other in episode one, so let's not focus on that in episode two. Let's focus on, you know, the peril and Grange going crazy with power, and let's let's focus on that. Mm. Uh, and and sadly, if you don't carry on that that caring, like we saw in this episode, uh, things fall flat. They have an argument when Ryan suggests that possibly Grange. Could be responsible for some of this stuff going on, and Laura's like, "I can't believe you, thou would say such a thing," and storms off. But then five minutes later, when he comes to visit her, oh, thou st- knows that thou was just speaking out of thy ass, <laughs> and thou was not angry with thee, my big city hunka hunka chunka burnin' love man. If I, I, uh, and it, it just do- comes out, it just comes out yeah. as flat and forced, I, and it just doesn't work. I, I, I agree
0: in addition to not quite looking the same and maybe that was just lighting and a, a yeah. choice of how it was shot whatever uh, but in addition to looking different it, it just it felt different and i didn't have the i didn't have the initial sense of i i care because i don't see the two of them caring for each other other than they've been written as characters that right. care for each other and
3: i get at the end that you're supposed to feel bad for the two of them for having to be mm-hmm. apart because they they've taken their own path but You don't. You don't care. That's true. You're glad Ryan's going back to the city to continue his hunt for the cursed objects because, well... We want to watch the show. Right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I want to see more episodes of the show with Ryan in Mm -hmm. it instead of him sticking around shoeing horses and and building barns and not having sex with Laura. (laughs) Well, those are our thoughts on what needed a little bit of polish. But we want to know what you thought was not so good in this episode of Friday the 13th the series. Let us know by heading over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com Click the contact button, fill out that form and let us know your thoughts
0: It's time to take a break here during the Curious Goods Podcast. Our focus on Season 1, Episode 20
2: The Quilt of Hathor The Awakening.
0: It's the second part of a two parter, and we will be right back.
3: Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual Advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to Perpetual Advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique, perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors.
1: Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com. And see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com.
3: Make your podcast soar with the editor core. Editing podcasts can be ugh, rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with The Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content and they're ready for yours now. Check out editorcore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. editorcore.com, that's editorcore.com.
0: everyone welcome back to the curious goods podcast a retelling a revisit and a complete educational detailing of each and every episode of friday the 13th the series this time season one episode 20 the quilt
2: of hate the awakening
0: we're jumping into the second part of the very first two-parter for friday the 13th the series and it's time for our manifest moments Manifest Moment is where Nick and I look at the episode and find either an actor's portrayal, something that happened inside the storytelling, or something else that trips our collective evening fantastic. Nick, what do you got?
3: Well, for my Manifest Moment, I have to point out that it didn't take me by surprise, mm-hmm. but it sure chilled me to the bone. The creepy old lady singing. <laughs>
0: At the at the, uh, the,
3: at, burning the at the burning of Ryan Dallion, <laughs> all of a sudden, this old lady starts crooning mm-hmm. an old Irish,
0: yeah, burning
3: song. It's it's not even appropriate. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. Like it's
0: not it's not like this swooning dirge of burning death. It's it's reasonably happy. Yeah. It's
3: I mean, the t- it's the, the, the song you were singing when the Titanic was yeah, going Yeah, the tune down is nice, but when you listen to the words, it's like, oh my God, what are you saying? Stop it! If you could have
0: gone below decks to the Irish decks, you would have you'd have heard this song being sung.
3: We're all drunk and we're going to die. <laughs> so just remove the burning with the yeah, drowning.
0: Yeah. A, a, very creepy. And it, it, was, it was extremely worth, creepy. Definitely worth a noteworthy manifest moment inside of this episode. My manifest moment inside of this episode has got to be the migration of the colony inside of a movie that we mentioned inside the last episode review. Witness, there is a moment when the killers have come and they're making their move on John Book and the rest of the family. Awesome plane, blah.
3: Uh-huh.
0: And the bell gets rung. And then there is this wonderful piece of soundtrack that's included inside of that. And what you see are people coming over Hill and Dale because that's what a community does when there's trouble. And it's not nearly as heartwarming inside this episode, but towards the end when you have the community coming, i.e. the as Grange is found out as being who and what he is when you start seeing the community gather over that and coming Mm. to a place, it's very, very interesting to, to see that. And while it wasn't anything of the scale that we saw inside of Witness, it was definitively poignant. So I marked it as my manifest moment. That's where we ask you guys, what was your manifest moment for this episode? Season one, episode 20.
2: The Quilts of Hathor. The Awakening.
0: Let us know what you think by going to our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click the contact link, fill out the quick web form, and tell us what you think.
2: Vocabulary.
0: Ah, words of wisdom inside of an episode full of no sex.
3: Let me guess. The first word is going to be thou. (laughs) Thus.
0: It is <laughs> It is <nodded. laughs> The first word inside this episode has got to be woodshed. This is very interesting. And I wasn't quite sure how to term it when I was writing the retelling. And I think I started with something like the cottage woodpile or something. Because it was obviously this adjacent area to where people actually live in the house. <laughs> Underneath it, but like kind of down a slope. Where this little micro door was something. Well, you got to think you <laughs> got to protect strange.
3: your wood. I mean, if if your source especially of heat, in this especially in this <laughs> town, yeah, because nobody boom, is sh- touching it. Right. right. <laughs> we'll be here all week, folks. <laughs> now, if uh, if all an only source of heat in the winter, and remember, this is uh, this is Canada. So, if your only source of of heat is your wood burning chimney stove stuff like that. You got to keep you got to keep that chopped up wood dry, yeah. or else it, it's gonna it's gonna mold and it's not gonna burn right. Yeah. Well, so it, I could understand them having like a an underground wood cellar. There you go, wood cellar instead of a woodshed.
0: Sure, <laughs> sure.
3: Give me a wood cellar.
0: Anyway, we've got woodshed, and obviously it's the shed where you keepeth woodeth, keepeth woodeth, keepeth your woodeth dryeth. <laughs> the second word inside of today's vocabulary focus is.
2: Chastity.
0: Talk about something terribly appropriate for this episode, for this
3: entire colony forever. Yes. If I would have seen more fat guys running around, I would have said eunuch, (laughs) but uh, that's not the case. (laughs) It's just chastity. And
0: again, thanks to our friends over at visualthesaurus.com, the definition for chastity we have is listed as... The state or practice of refraining from extramarital or especially from all sexual intercourse. Yep. Yep. In fact, I'll bet you the name of this colony. If Chastity it were to be Berg. found on a map, it's <laughs> Chastityville. Jeez. Man, just a, a, an incredibly unfriendly town where only maybe 20 years ago, I guess Laura was the last child.
3: Yeah. So 20 years ago was <laughs> so the last know, time somebody children? had sex.
0: Man, terrible. Yeah. Other words that are included inside the synonym cone are celibacy, chasteness, virginity, abstinence, self-restraint, self-denial, and crazy Matthew. Crazy Matthew. Crazy Matthew. Did you guys witness uh another vocabulary word inside of this episode that we need to put on center stage and talk about? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click the contact button, fill out the quick web form, and tell us what words we need to be talking about. Episode Rating Ah, the rating for this episode Season 1, Episode 20
2: The Quilt of Hathor The Awakening
0: The rating works thusly. A 10 is on top of the wood pile heap.
3: Ha <laughs>
0: ha. Mm-hmm. Long, engaging, caring sex between Ryan and Laura that we'll never see, ever. A one is on bottom of the rung. A termite-covered, rotting body of Effie Stokes. Everything starts at a seven as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick? There are no halfsies. Nick, what do you got?
3: It's funny, had I watched these episodes back to back, and if we would have lumped them all as one giant episode, I would have had a completely different frame of mind where my rating is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a little lopsidedness where the this this second half of a two-parter is concerned. Uh, and we've gone through all of those points. And if you weren't listening, rewind the damn podcast and <laughs> listen again. So I'm not going to go through it all. What I am going to say is is that this was our first two-parter, and even though it didn't knock me out of the park, I am looking forward to any future two-parters, because they've proven, yeah, we can handle a two-parter, because we've got some tricks up our sleeves. So, for this episode, the second half of the quilt of Hathor, The Awakening, I'm going to have to rate this one an 8. It's just above average for me.
0: I can see what you're thinking with that, and I think inside of this, I have to go—the only piece that was missing, I think, inside of this episode was that I didn't see any of the forlorn caring that really got me inside of the first episode between Laura and Ryan. I can't believe I'm saying that I needed more love feeling Gee, yeah, who
3: the hell are you, and where is Mike Wilkerson? Yeah,
0: but it's the only thing that's missing that would have amped this episode up. I I really like this episode. I think mm. these these were a good. This was a good two part episode to show you a bunch of what I like about when this series gives us over the top kind of outlandish and then almost an alien episode and that we're really inside of an alien landscape mm-hmm. inside of this episode. We're not we're not yeah. in the middle of a city. Agreed. There yep. is no just let's call the cops and arrest everything because we gotta we gotta slow this bitch down. We don't have <laughs> any of that. We don't have any opportunity for that at all.
3: Use the cell phone get oh yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. I, what I also do love is I love the group think that happens because I can totally see much of what is written in history Mm -hmm. about the times of the Scarlet Letter inside of this episode, where because there is enough groupthink of, insert whatever the groupthink is, nothing good happens to the person about whom the groupthink is about. Mm -hmm. And you see that clearly inside of this episode. Um, Having a very powerful uh, character on top that is now the main villain also helped that out greatly. And so I, too, give this episode an eight. An eight. That's where we ask you guys, what did you give this episode? Season 1, episode 20.
2: The Quilts of Hathor, The Awakening.
0: Let us know what you think by going to our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click the contact button, fill out the quick web form, and tell us what you think. It's funny what your image gallery will pull open when you're looking for the word chastity. Something I've never seen before that I hope to never see again is a male chastity device. We'll leave you guys with that imagery as we finish this episode of the
3: Curious Goods Podcast. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, completely lost and feeling alone and scared and kind of queasy. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed.
0: Because nobody is Nobody's having sex. Nobody's having in any sex place. whatsoever. <laughs> Except for Crazy Matt and a porn mag. That's right. That's
3: it. It's the Insert- only
0: action that's going on in <laughs> It's the only action that's going on inside the entire creepy
3: colony. Insert the tone.
0: Well that lady sings. He's <laughs> kicking off. Awesome.
3: Wow. There's an Easter egg for you, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Right. Oh, oh burning at the stage. This is a
0: burning of the bush. Taking out the fire.
3: (laughs) We're going to put Ryan on a big fat pyre. (laughs) Okay. All right, stop.
0: Stop. Let it stop. Insert the the tone.